Welcome back, comedy fans, to an all-new Comedy at the Carlson Cast. Get more information and subscribe at carlsoncast.com. Today's guest, very special guest, we're on episode 103, that's crazy, Mr. Bobby Slayton, everybody. Of course, today's episode is brought to you by Sapori Cafe and Catering. It's Rochester's favorite spot for lunch and any of your catering needs. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Sapori Rochester. Also, of course, we love the Three Heads Brewing. It's the makers of Rochester's favorite beer. Remember, do good things and also be kind. Now it's your very special, very friendly, he's cute, he's got adorable face, look at that smile. Host, it's Mr. Vinny Paulino, everyone. Hey ho, let's go. What have a you, good show. Have you seen his face? I mean, listen, he gets really sad if you tell him the truth. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's kind of his whole thing, so. I think you both need to go big or go home and start tweeting praise about me. Uh, all I want to say, <laughs> all I want to say is this is going to be a very cool episode. Bobby Slayton, the pit bull of comedy himself, is back for his third appearance. That's wild. I don't know if that tells you that our show is that good or his career is they're making him come back and do it. This show. Is this the first guest to have come back three times? That is incorrect. I believe that last time I thought about it. Turns out Mike Dambra, oh, yeah, our pal Dambra has okay. been here three times. So the pickle himself. The pickle. And the dill pickles coming in today. <laughs> and his, yeah. his smart mouth daughter. And his smart mouth daughter who is scientifically proven to be smarter than you, Brian. Sure. Uh, I want to say this is going to be a cool show. I love Slayton. He's one of my favorite performers of all time. The guy pulls no punches. He doesn't care. He's going to say whatever he thinks. So if you have questions for him, the text line is open. Five eight five. He will answer you. Oh, he will answer you loudly. Yeah, with whether you like it or not. <laughs> 585-484-0265 is your number to text your questions. If you want to email us, you can email us at carlsoncast at gmail.com. Now, uh, Ross, you weren't with us last week. That is correct. Where were you? I had a cold. I got sick. You weren't at some you... nerd thing? No, no, I was no, I was legit. I was sick. No, I was true. That's every. <laughs> you're not wrong because every other time I've been gone, I've been at some nerd thing. But no, yeah. this, I was I was really sick. No, I thought I you was were genuinely ill. There wasn't like a Deep cold. Space Nine convention somewhere you had to. make Well, it yeah, I was sick at a Deep Space Nine convention, but <laughs> I was sick. I was at a Deep Space Nine convention, but I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I got very ill. <laughs> I was ill. <laughs> I got very ill. Well, welcome well, back. We're glad to have you. you. Uh, we're gonna have the news with Ross coming up a little bit later, but uh, things we need to discuss. Let's talk about mm -hmm. next Friday coming up in the Rickles room. New comic night. Yeah. Another new comic yeah. night coming up this Friday. So uh, make sure you put that on your calendars. It is a free show. If you want to sign up to perform, uh, signups are at 7 o'clock. Show starts at 7.30. We're drawing numbers for 20 spaces. Hope you can make it for that. Uh, dude. What else you got? <laughs> what else? Anybody else got to fill some what time here? Come on. Yeah, yeah I'm just looking at Brian waiting for him to contribute. Brian, what's going on in your life? Oh, um, no, um, not really. That's not really no, a real question. Yeah. I, I got a slow leak in a tire. Okay. No, is is that exciting? Oh, Do Susan, we want to talk about that? We're going to be right back with Bobby <laughs> Slayton. So stay tuned. I, if I make it through this commercial break without murder, suicide, we'll be right back. It technically be murder. Hey, everybody. Lots of cool shows coming up here at Comedy at the Carlson. Check out our schedule at carlsoncomedy.com. We have Bobby Slayton this very weekend. We have Mike Racine, one night only on November 8th. Gary Goldman, November 14th through the 16th. Want to get those ones pretty quick. Vicky Barbalak, November 21st through the 23rd. And Thanksgiving Eve with Dr. Dirty John Balby on November 27th. 
Our good friend Chris Allen on November 29th and 30th. Chris Franjola on December 5th through the 7th. And December 12th through the 14th, Sam Marill. In April, Macy, December 19th through the 21st. We're going to see her again. And Mike Cannon on December 20th. December 26th through the 28th, Rich Boss. And one night only, it is New Year's Eve with John DeCrosta. Tim Meadows, January 2nd through the 4th. And January 16th through the 18th, Trevor Wallace. If you need tickets, go visit carlsoncomedy.com or call 585-4-COMEDY and we will see you at the show. Good job, kind of fell apart in the end. Well, this is exciting. Joining us in studio for the third time. Wow. It's the pit bull of comedy, Bobby Slayton. Brian, clap for Bobby Slayton. I already was. Wow. Thank you. You ever wonder what the sound of one hand clapping is? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Glad to have you back, man. I can't believe my third time. You know, I, well, I guess I come to Rochester yearly to play the comedy at the Carlson Great Club. Um, but since the last time I saw you, I haven't worked that much. I kind of... I haven't been working that much anymore. You know, it's funny because, you know, you have this feed over here of all these comics that are coming to the club and don't know that guy, don't know that guy. Heard of that guy. Is he funny? Don't know that guy. There's so many comics now. It's almost like everything's been done already and everything's, it's, it's too much comedy. Well, you know, you're right. I think from, we should all quit. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> the right, show. Thanks, thanks, Bobby. Let's go get thanks, food. Bobby. There's yeah. just so much of it. And, and there's so many horrible comedians. I mean, there's good ones, but there's so many bad ones. And there's so many, I'm not going to sit and mention any names, but, you know, I hear about these hot young comics, and I don't mean to sound like an old fart, even though I am. There's some that are great, and I can't even remember their names, because, you know, I'll watch them on TV, and I'll watch Jimmy Kimmel, and I'll see this show, and that show, a Netflix special. But my girlfriend and I try to watch uh, at least the first 10 minutes of a lot of these Netflix specials. Mm. And so many of these comics, not that they're horrendous, but like I said, there's so many comedians that so much of this stuff has been done. And not that they're stealing it. But, you know, when I started out in the 70s, you know, look, everybody was doing oh, airplane jokes and airplane bathrooms and McDonald's and McNuggets and making fun of the president, you know, stuff that everybody's been doing for a long time. But there was a lot of room for a lot of people to become Mitch Hedberg or Sam Kennison or Andrew Dice Clay or Bobby Slayton or, you know, there was, there was a million different comics doing their own styles. And now you still see original guys that are great, but not that many, so many of them. And I'm not saying they're taking it, but you okay, well, you know, Andrew Dice Clay did this, and this guy did that. And I, I saw some comic doing a thing about, and he's a big popular comic, I don't even remember his name, but I tried to watch one of his specials, really big, and he's doing, like, you ever come home at night, and your parents are sleeping, you light up a joint, and then you, then you need, like, a Twinkie, and whatever. I mean, I'm saying this sounds like an old Cheech and Chong album from 1968, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know? And I'm not saying he took it, but all these millennials and all these idiots with their man buttons, these vegan douchebags who work at Starbucks who are politically correct, Wow, I've never heard this before. So it's almost like I'm so sick of this already. How would they have heard it, though? That's the thing. Right. And that, that's what makes yeah. it, the business, so so circular. You know, well, it just kind of everything comes back it. around. Well, you know, the thing is, when I started doing comedy, you know, I when I was younger, you know, I watched Alan King and Bill Cosby and Richard Pryor. You know, when I was a teenager, Robert Klein and George Carlin. So I, I'd listened and watched comedy before I started doing it. Um but maybe a lot of people didn't, you know, and uh, my parents yeah. didn't really turn me out to anything mm -hmm. except maybe Alan Sherman, you know, Camp Granada or, or Jackie Mason or whatever. But, you know, I basically discovered a lot of it on my own. But I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying there's too many comics and too much crap out there. And um, 
You know, it's tough. What now. would you say the ratio is to good comics? Five to one? I don't watch one? enough of it, but I do know that my girlfriend and I, she's very discerning. You know, she realizes I'm a genius. I know she knows her comedy. Uh, she <laughs> hates most comics like I do. Um, but, you know, when I turn on to like Bill Burr, who she never heard of, genius, I turn on to, I, I can't even think of anybody off him, but there's so many good comics, most of them of my generation. Um, but it, but we, <laughs> we try to watch people, and after 10 minutes, we go, okay, this is, it's not bad, it's just boring. And it's been done before, and it's, you know. I don't, I don't watch a lot of comedy because I don't like watching other people do my job. Well, like, I, you'd have too. to get hired first, Brian. As a comic, it's yeah. Well, as a comic, <laughs> it is hard to watch other yeah. people, you know, because I've been doing it for so long, and you know, I always watch my openers, uh, my feature acts, they call them now, because I want to make sure that they don't touch on the same subject, which is fine. Yeah. But you know, because comics do touch on the same subject. Yeah, yeah. So if you know, so if somebody does a Trump joke or makes fun of uh, prostate cancer, I go, oh, yeah, you know, Vinny was talking about Trump, or at least make a reference to the fact that you know it was yeah, brought so up the, earlier in the so night. Some people in the audience don't go, well, the last guy already talked about that. It's okay if somebody covers the same ground. I just like to make a reference to yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, anyway, since the last time I was here, if I may finish a sentence before you two stop interrupting, uh, no, but I, <laughs> I just haven't been working a lot and I haven't missed doing stand-up really at all. Well, the last few times we talked, you were very clear that's kind of what you wanted to do was kind of wind things down a little bit. Yeah, but I still, you know, it's what I do and it's what I've done and it's what I like to think I'm good at. So you don't want to totally, you know, I don't want to sit in the kitchen and, you know, work on my stamp collection. Even though I don't have one, but if things go the way they are, I'm going to start collecting stamps oh. or butterflies those 33 cents <laughs> add up yeah i don't really I, want to do that i can't no. imagine you collecting butterflies no, i can't either but i'm a, just saying it would be a great youtube i never video, thought though. i'd be doing a lot of things i'm doing <laughs> going to recipe books and things but i'm enjoying it you know that's good to hear because you were still... kind of miserable for a little while you acted like it's nice that you're like you're finding a little oh, bit no, of peace no, I'm, I'm still miserable i'm just okay. uh, i'm just i'm just drinking earlier in the day now that's always <laughs> makes things a little bit sunshinier. Was I miserable last time? No, you were not miserable. But the, what, the way you discuss life made it sound like you were a little frustrated with stuff. Is it everybody? Yeah, yeah. You know, so people that pretend they're happy all the time, those are the ones that are really fucking nuts. You know? 100%. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's always the ones that, you know, the, the strict anti-gay preacher guy and the, those guys who always wind up, you know, with little boys and girls in a, you know, restroom. It's always the people that appear to be really, really happy and either follow Jesus or love their day job or wear a tie or whatever. If those someone are, smiles a yeah. lot, don't trust them. Those are the people you have to be scared of. It's like everybody described every serial killer as like, he was right. a really nice guy. But, but everybody, yeah. you know, and every comic's not a bit about that, myself included, yeah. that it's always when they always seem like John Wayne Gacy dressed like a clown, did kids' parties, frightening yeah. people. It's the people who are really scary and miserable and angry who you don't have to be too worried about. Yeah, they're just yeah. going to go be by themselves and right. think about how much they dislike you. Or yeah. at least, you know, you, you worry, stand with them. Like, right. if you say something and they snap at you. Well, you got to see. I guess that could go either way. Because, you know, the disenfranchised loner can either be the guy who wants to be left alone and becomes like, uh, you know, J.D. Salinger and decides to write books and poetry. Or you're the guy that goes on a rampage and kills everyone in the school because, you know, the girl sitting next to you won't talk to you. So, you, you know, you really don't know with people anymore. Yeah. All right. I got to backtrack and ask you a question real quick. So you try to watch the first 10 minutes of all these Netflix specials. Yeah. Can you name me a couple that you really liked? You know, I liked and it's, it. wasn't my thing. I liked uh, Eliza Schlesinger. You know, she's uh -huh. a, she's very funny. You know, elder millennial. A lot of the jokes don't resonate with me because I'm not an elder millennial. But I can did you say people, elder millennial? That was the name of her because she's she's oh, the, right, the millennial. Right. Uh, you know, a spectrum of age. That's right. Um, that's what Vinny. Really funny. 
She's Shut really up. good. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I made it through the whole thing, but we, my girlfriend and I both liked her. I'm, I'm trying to remember who else we watched that we liked. You know, the usual suspects. You called Bill Burr a genius, so we got what? that one. Yeah, you said Burr, Bill Burr's yeah, great. Bill Burr genius. Um, i trying to remember which other ones I can actually sit through. Um, uh, well, Ray Romano's is great, but again, a guy of my generation. Ray right. Romano, when he went to the Comedy Cellar and then went to the other place down the street, and did Ray was great. Ray's always been great. But the younger people, uh, uh, I could see where people would like them, but it was hard to sit through them. I, I don't know if I made it through any of them, to be honest with you. Okay, fair enough. And the reason I've never done a Netflix special, not that they're knocking down my door, everybody goes, why don't you do a Netflix special? And the reason is... Because to work on an hour of material, i got to give some of these guys credit, mm -hmm. the guys and gals. You know, they'll, they'll be on their third or fourth special. But then again, if I was to do material that I found that, I don't know, I, it's too easy or simple. You know, I, I think my problem, and this is my fault, is I don't find that many things funny. So if I could sit there like a lot of these people, make these stupid observations about my children or my cat, my dog, and yeah, I could probably do five specials. But I've got to find it funny. If it's not funny to me. You know, I can make people laugh. I can write a lot of stuff that will make people laugh, but if I don't find it funny. You don't want to memorialize for everybody to see for the rest of eternity. Thank you. I get exactly. that. I yeah. get that. Um, but the reason I've done a special is because, you know, I did a, a Showtime one like five, six years ago, and a lot of the material I do now, you know, I'll do some of those same jokes and I'll expand on them, but I need that original joke. A lot of, the time, a lot of times also I talk to the audience. Right. And uh, that's a lot of my act. And, you know, I'm always worried if I do a special – that nothing's going to work that night. I'll have nobody to talk to. Right. Nothing will work, you know. So are you saying that the audience is like the go-to for you if the material, like, you know. I like to do both. I like to do yeah. material and talk to the audience and interweave them and go from bit to bit. And, and um, the other problem is to do a special, and I got to give some of these young comics credit, you got to play in a big theater. People have to come see you. I can barely sell our comedy to Carlson here, which is, you know, three, 400 seats. But you need a big, big, big room to really give it that feel mm -hmm. of a concert. And then, even if I got that and did a special, and people go, this is the greatest special ever, and better than anything Netflix ever had. Even if I got to that level, then I have to go back on the road and have a whole new hour of material. I'm too tired and lazy to, <laughs> or unmotivated, whatever you want to call it, to even think about it. I'd be hard enough to write a new special and then to write another hour because you can't go back on the road. And then have to tell it to people. Who's got the time? You can't go back on the road after doing a Netflix special and do the same material. People right. don't want to see that. Yeah. And I learned that early on when I used to do, I only did The Tonight Show once, but I would do, I do talk shows. I do Arsenio Hall and whatever shows. And Joe Rivers had a show. And I would do the talk shows late at night. I remember I did Arsenio's show. I did five minutes. And a week later, I'm playing at a big comedy club. And... A couple of people came up to me afterwards and go, oh, you did the same stuff you did in Arsenio. I go, I just did an hour. I did five minutes. So people are giving me crap <laughs> wow. for doing five minutes of the same material. Yeah. I remember some comic, I don't know if it was Dennis Miller, I don't remember who it was. And I remember some big comic had done a special and went back on the road and did the same hour. People were bitching, but we saw this guy last week, whoever it was. And, and you know, he did the same stuff. Well, you can't expect a guy a week after a special comes out to have a new hour. So, you know. But they do. That they do. Yeah, because they and have no I know how they do it. Yeah. Okay. I got to ask you this question. Um, you're watching the news and comedy a little bit, I would take it. Um, have you seen what's going on with Eddie Murphy and his comeback special with Netflix? Oh, wait a second. No, I, uh, I, I can't wait to hear this. Um, I watch the news all the time. I knew that Eddie was doing a comeback mm -hmm. special. I knew that Eddie was getting ready, been playing clubs. And all I knew was that they're paying him a fortune. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And Eddie, you know, when he did his big one, when he wore the red leather, did all the gay jokes and everybody was going, yep. well, you couldn't do that kind of stuff. Now, I was going to watch that and revisit it to see how much of it held up because mm-hmm. I remember being really, really, really good. And people were, you can't do that kind of stuff anymore, which you probably can. And right. I know I'm certainly doing that. I don't know if I'm doing that kind of stuff because I haven't watched the special. But um, um, but I thought for Eddie to come back and follow in the footsteps of these other black comics who followed in his footsteps, you know, like Chris Rock and, of course, Dave Chappelle. hundred you know, percent. Two more brilliant guys. That was a great special, too. Chappelle's special I loved. And even he got crap for his special for making oh fun my of the God. transgender yeah. community, yeah. which I still do. And and But you know what, though? Everybody loved it. And the people that go on Twitter are giving him shit like they gave it to Michael Shea the other night for doing a joke about a 67-year-old woman giving birth. And again, it's these millennial douchebags with the man buttons and these politically correct vegan, lesbian, whatever the hell they Mike, are. Michael Che got shit about that Oh, he got so much shit. He did jokes, I guess, last week that on SNL Update. Nothing. Yeah, he I did jokes about a, a woman giving birth. And it's, it's, I'm looking it up. I want to find out what the joke and was. He did jokes about... Um, um, well, you know, I couldn't do a joke about her lactating and dust coming out, and I couldn't do a joke about. And he goes, "I would never do this." So he's doing all the jokes that, yeah. and then NBC would let me do. So he got so much crap. This is not funny. And why are you making fun of a woman in today's day and age giving birth? It's a beautiful thing. And shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was the most innocent joke. So he was getting crap about that. But tell me, I'm sorry about Eddie Murphy. Well, no, I was just asking you what your opinion was, especially about, you know, the content and the type of content that he used to put out versus 2019. You're a guy who soldiered through this entire time. You've watched the change and how audiences are. And I was wondering how you think it's going to be perceived by people. I mean, I want your opinion. I don't know what he's going to do. Sure. Okay. And forgetting about the political correctness and forget about the content and the material, forget about all that. And the most, the thing that I'm amazed at is how, uh, uh, what I'm looking forward to seeing, what he's going to do, period. You know, whether it's politically incorrect or, or how, you know, after years away from stand-up, and Eddie was great, but, you know, I know what it's like taking a couple of months off of stand-up. Mm-hmm. And for him to come back now, and people are expecting so much. It's like, almost like if the Beatles did get back together after, you know, if they were still alive and got back together today, there's no way they can live up to the legend. That's why I think Paul McCartney and John Lennon said we'll never get back together because what are we going to do besides our old song? We, we were, it was right. so great. So Eddie Murphy in, in the world of comedy was so great and did this before anybody else. How, you know, he's going to live up to all those great specials that have come after him. Did you go back and watch those specials? No, I'm going to watch the one, is it Delirious? I think with Raw, the red leather. Raw was the Raw, red Raw, leather. Raw. No, I'm going, to watch, I'm going to watch that. Um, and see how that holds up because it really was brilliant. And again, you know, there's just so much stuff you can't do now. It's, it's, um, but you know, that hasn't affected me because people ask me all the time, you know, all the time, how do you do jokes in this day and age? I still get people that will come to my show who are just going to a comedy club. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go see Bill Maher, you know, Bill Maher. And, you know, if you like Trump, you're not going to go see Bill Maher unless you plan on heckling him. Right. So when Bill Maher gets up on stage and says how much he hates Trump, what a douchebag he is, is you know, orange-headed pumpkin head, whatever he says, I don't think people in the audience are going to be shocked. And when you go see a guy like Andrew Dice Clay and he starts doing his dirty nursery rhymes, you go to see Andrew Dice Clay. But when people come to see me, I would say uh, maybe Comedy to Carson is a perfect example. A lot of people, most of the people that come to the show have seen me because I've come to this town so many times to Rochester, New York. But a lot of people will hear me on your podcast or hear me on the Brother Wee show or or will watch a little clip on YouTube 
and they don't really are not really familiar with me. Some people win free tickets. Some people decide, hey, let's go to a comedy show. Some people might be next door bowling. Hey, let's go to a comedy show next door. So I still get a good 20%, 30% of the audience who don't know what they're in for. So they'll get them set. I don't care. That's a bigger percentage than I would have guessed. I don't know. Maybe less. That's just, I'm just saying. Um. Look, I played the Punchline Comedy Club in San Francisco, one of the original comedy clubs from the 70s. I played mm-hmm. there a few weeks ago. And that's where I kind of started doing stand-up with San Francisco. That was my home club. And I would say 99% of the, sh- the shows and reaction, it was fine. But there were a couple of people who had never seen me before. You have tourists. I don't think you had a lot of tourists in Rochester, nothing personal. People from <laughs> Buffalo going, a little too exciting here. We need to calm down. Let's go somewhere else. Let's go. Look at the empty buildings to, downtown. Let's go to Rochester. Um, we have beautiful, beautiful um, empty buildings. Yeah, the architecture is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does have beautiful architecture. So does Pittsburgh, by the way. Pittsburgh's a gorgeous city. I think Amazing. people forget about it. Amazing. Um, but uh, people don't know that, but it's really, the architecture is fascinating. But anyway, no, so I, 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 I had a little, not trouble, but there were a little, one night, some Asian woman went ballistic over the Asian jokes. And it's fun in a way. It's also annoying because she was really angry. And that killed my chance of ever getting on SNL. I was hoping to get on SNL <laughs> by the time I was 17. And that guy took a lot of crap for doing a couple of Shane Asian Gillis, jokes. Shane Gillis, yeah. They yeah. weren't really that funny. And they were, yes, they were offensive, but really you're going to kick a guy off SNL, a show that's supposed to be a little bit offensive, subversive, rebellious, mm-hmm. you know. Not anymore. Not anymore. I don't watch it anymore. So that's it's interesting you brought him up because, you know, I'm sure you're tired of people asking you about how you write your jokes and all that stuff. But I just got to say, there's got to be a point where you're writing something down and you say, okay, maybe this is a little too far in the bad taste category. Uh, I mean, when, how do you decide when to edit yourself? You know, I don't really. I, I, I will, you know, again, if I was working more, you know, I would just go try the joke. I, 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 I do work. I work, I work last sure. week. I work next week. Um, um, you know, and I think it depends on the show that I'm doing. If I'm playing in a comedy club, um, you know, why do, like if it's a Thursday night at Comedy to Carson in Rochester, and it, it fits in, I'll just throw it out there. But, you know, the fact that I'm not working as much, I'm trying to remember my old jokes. Right. And hopefully my audience is old <laughs> enough, as old as me, where they won't remember what I did last year. Um, once in a while I come up with a joke and I'll go, nah, it's a little too much. But not, not that often. I don't think my jokes were ever that out there. You know what I mean? Right. I don't think they are either. I just think that we talk about people's sensibilities changing. And I think you've stayed very consistent with how you approach it. But... I also just wonder how that affects you when you're preparing is what I guess my you question know what? was. I don't, I, I, look, I, I pretty much do the same thing everywhere, but I'll look at the audience, I'll look at the crowd. and um, You know, New Year's Eve, I got a great gig. Bill Maher called me up and he does his New Year's Eve show every year in Hawaii. And uh, nice. so uh, somebody canceled. Yeah, I missed the call from him this year. It was terrible. He I'm called right. and he, I missed he, it. He asked for your number. I didn't have it. Oh. So, <laughs> but it, but it, but it's, it's him and Sarah Silverman. Okay. So and, and, and so a show like that, I'm only doing a half an hour. I don't want to be too dirty or too blue. you know. But at the same time, I know that I could. And I'm not going to do Trump jokes. I know Bill's going to do them. Mm-hmm. But I know it's going to be a great audience. And... You know, if they're going to see Sarah and Bill, who are two of the best comics working today, who I don't think really, you know, give a shit about that little percentage of the audience, almost like Howard Stern. You don't like me, change your channel. But if you don't, when you go see Bill Maher, what you're in for? 
Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Bill doesn't suffer fools gladly. Takes not even a little bit. No. And Sarah's a, a great, brilliant, you know, comic. And uh, I don't think it goes out of a way to be offensive, but I just don't. She does what she thinks is funny. You yeah. know, I remember she got shit for that great joke she did. One of my favorite jokes. The, uh, the, the, the doctor. The made doctor. By a doctor, doctor yep. I mean, a Jewish woman. Kind oh, of yeah. bittersweet. Yep. And there were yep. people. It was a brilliant. That to me is a great joke. And I, 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 I'm going to ask her. The, today. the joke was just so everybody listening. It was, uh, I was raped by a Jewish doctor. Right. But as a Jewish girl, for right. me, it's a little bittersweet. It was yeah, yeah. A, a brilliant, right. a, a clean, beautiful joke. And I, and shocking, but funny. It's a great, you but know, you I just say that word. I think it's with a golfer, so. you know, and I, I don't play golf, but when they hit me, when they, they hit that, they get that swing and the ball connects and you hit it perfectly. And you try to do that for the rest of the game. And, you just can't. They're like hitting a tremendous home run. These guys, no, I have it in me. I could do it. And, you know, it doesn't happen right. every every time. And but when, when you come does, up with a great joke like that. Mm. So I'm thinking, you know, it's great to work with people like that. And those are the kind of comics I like. to come up with a great joke and they're not afraid, you know. But again, people out there, I, I think today's day and age, more than ever, people get so upset over nothing. Like Trump, hate Trump. You bring his name up in your act. Do, do you watch people automatically react these days? I think people most people that come to my show hate the guy, but there's so many idiots out there that uh, I don't really do a lot of political stuff. And the reason mm-hmm. I have no Trump jokes in my act, I make a few references to him, is because between Bill Maher and between SNL and between the news and between Samantha Bee and between yeah. Yeah. you know all the shows that are the Daily show, really and nice show, between Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel, and it's like every joke about him has been done every day. Right. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I think people are just tired of hearing about him. And if and if people who like him, I just want them to die. You know, so I, I'd rather not talk to them. If some person says, well, we love President Trump, make money, I, I'd rather not hear that because it makes me angry. So I'd rather not be, you know. Subject really yourself to, to it. Huh? You don't want to subject yourself to it. I don't want to subject myself to it. I, I don't want to start getting all pissed off and, say, and ranting and raving against mm-hmm. these people. So I just try to stay out of it. So I have a story I would like to ask your opinion on as well. Uh, this is a local thing. I'm going to have you hit my screen, Joe. Uh, we have a local radio guy. He's probably a little bit younger than you. Oh, my God. Do you, are, you, are you reading this? This is... Uh, Boomer is the N-word of ageism. Being hip and flipped does not make bigotry okay. There is the rest of epithet acceptable because it is new. So this guy is talking about the term boomer. Are you familiar with it? Who's Bob Lonsberry? He is a local radio guy. Yeah, down yeah okay, the, I've heard of him. Down the hallway from Wheeze. He was probably there when you were there. I've heard about him. They actually, Colbert was making fun of this tweet the other night. Like, this guy, he's it getting went, some national attention national, off of it. Yeah. So, are you familiar with the term boomer? Yeah, you as baby boomer? Yeah, it's basically like, uh, you could say, hey, my, when I was your age, I used to do it this way. And a millennial will look at you and go, okay, boomer. It's like meant to be a kind of insulting expression as to, okay, I get it. That's how your generation did. Oh, God. It's meant to be a little dismissive. Oh, it's the N-word. So this guy posted. Is the N-word, can you not use the N-word anymore? No, because I was a black guy the other day, and I said, okay, okay, nigger. And he got, he got mad. Yeah, I bet. I can't use nigger anymore either. I'm like, I can't, yeah, I can't even do blackface on stage. You know, it's gotten to the point where you can do nothing anymore. <laughs> And if I thought black people were listening to your stupid show, I never would have said nigger. But I'm tired of people using the N-word and the C-word and the D-word and the R-word. Retard, nigger, cunt, pussy, whatever. Fuck, faggot. Okay, we use them all. There's all the words. Okay. But people would rather use the F-word, the N-word, the D-word. Okay, I get it. Um, no, okay, boomer. Okay. You know what? That to me is just saying, 
don't kick jackass. I don't think boomer no. is a bad thing. You, right. You're just referring to somebody who was born between what is it, 1948 and right. 1956 or whatever the years are. But I got I guess my observation on this is kind of interesting because this guy's older and he's acting like a millennial who's all upset about something. I just don't understand. Like, we're we're all upset about this generation the, the millennials are upsetting everybody who's older the millennials are upset at everybody who's older there's like this big civil war going on and then for this guy to pop it and compare it to the n-word i'm just wondering what do you think of no, that it's it's really stupid i mean well, you know stupid. What? i'm tired of commenting on these things i don't know this bob lonsbury schmuck but it's it's so stupid you know but people like to categorize you as a millennial you know but people have but people, you know, I always hated when people did that about movies, you know? And you see this movie? It's sort of like, it's sort of like Frankenstein meets Gilligan's Island. It's sort of like, you know. <laughs> oh, you know, I want to see know. that movie. By the way, it's a great movie. I forgot the name of it. But people like to compare and and, 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 and categorize and, and pigeonhole and, and, you know, decide. Because that's the way of describing things. But as far as people, look, I understand the R word, the N word, the C word. I get those. And lesbians don't like dyke, although some don't care. I got a lot of crap in a comedy club for using the word dyke. And I, when I was starting out doing comedy in San Francisco... You were just doing your material about Holland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you try to put your finger on a dyke. Yeah, forget about that. Um, but um, um, but people get very upset. And then the dyke is like faggot, which you can't say. And uh, I do a whole thing in my act about that, you know, which I'll say for... Tonight at Comedy yeah, Carlson. But, absolutely. By the um, way, five more shows, people. Get your tickets now. Yeah, get your tickets now so you can actually hear these words in person. No, but it's. I understand why people. Bring your don't. Asian friends. My are the chicks. <laughs> yeah, bring. <laughs> Can't say that, right? There goes there goes my SNL shot. Done. Over. Uh, and you want to know something? In a couple of years, I'm going to be running for supervisor in Los Angeles, and somebody's going to find your stupid show, just like they did with that guy. People take this stuff, and they put it on Twitter, and they edit it out. This is all going to be taken out of context, and it'll show me saying these words, which I know I shouldn't be doing, but it was taken out of context. But yeah. okay, but here's the thing I say to people now. Does it bother you that they might wait till after you're dead and then just start talking about you like what's that? What's up, dead? Who cares? And number two, they're talking about you. And number three... What can you possibly do to hurt my career? I got nothing going on. What, am I not going to get back on the big Vinny show? Well, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> when you keep talking like this, maybe not. <laughs> thank, thank God I can sleep in next time I come to Rochester. I don't have to do this shit anymore. That was my plan. But, but I get what you're saying, though, about how everybody gets so offended and they say we have to be accepting of everyone, but we also must label everyone and That's put hard. them in a category. You know, but it goes back to where women want to be treated like women. Then why should I get up on a subway and give you my seat, you know, and, and hold the door open for you? You know, you want to be treated like a woman or you want to be treated like an equal? I mean, and that's kind of a silly um, um, uh, example. But, you know, it's like you want the best of both worlds sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I I will always, if there's a woman on a bus, and I take buses anymore, but I would always get up and give my seat. To I always somebody. wave from my car. Yeah. Wave from me. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would get up and do that in a second. But, but I understand that people who have been oppressed for so long and have been discriminated against so long. And, and if look, if I was black, I would probably hate white people because my grandfather, God knows what he did for a living, you know, whether he was an elevator operator or whether he worked next to, next to, next to a white waiter who wasn't getting paid as much. And you grow up with this, all this oppression or you lived in the South and, mm -hmm. you know, you, I, I would hate. And if I was a woman, I could see why you hate white men. Um, but you know what? It's getting to the point now where I'm thinking about transitioning. 
because it's hard to be a white old white man. And women are taken over. They should be taken over. We're going to have a woman president very soon. We should have originally. Women are going to get paid more than men. I think in the next 20 years, it's going to be like one of those science fiction movies where women are going to run the world. They're going to have on those Mylar outfits and ray guns, these Amazonian women with big breasts, and men are going to be slaves. And I want to get in the ground floor of this. I'm thinking about transitioning and becoming a woman now. I think that's a great idea. It's, a great idea. it's hard being a straight white guy. Ask Caitlin. She'll tell you. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I don't think Bruce Jenner was really a woman in a man's body. I think he he had the foresight and to see that he had the vision. No, he, it's going to suck for men. <laughs> this isn't going to work. For I've got to get myself a vagina and get out of this. I got to get out of this the skin I have. This is not working out. I'm not going to be in a Wheaties box ever again. I need to become a girl. Can't throw a discus anymore. Yeah, exactly. Nope. No more discus. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that was a whole network decision, what I understood. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the, whole, the whole transition was a network decision. Oh, it could have been that too. Yeah. So, okay. Boomer doesn't offend you. No, wait, wait. But you know what? There's so many things to get offended by. You know, there's so much stuff to get offended by now. Is there anything that actually offends you? Besides watching a Trump rally and looking at these people who I would just like to see die. And then I go, you know what? It's always been like this. You know, there are people out there that still think Roger Moore was a better game bombing Sean Connery. Once once I heard that, I said, there's no hope for this world. <laughs> people like Journey more than the Stones. Fuck you. Fuck all What is you. wrong with the world? It's horrible out there. So I might join ISIS. I hate America. If I wasn't Jew, I can't even get into ISIS. Because I'm a Jew. A kike. I'm sorry, because I made all the other words. Let me just use... Jew is kike, I guess. Yeah. Dirty Jew, whatever. Get them all out, man. Get them all out. Yeah, get them all whatever out. Whatever else you got. I want to make sure that everybody is offended equally. Right. You could send your letters to Bobby Slayton, not yeah. to me, because yeah. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care either. I know you don't, and that's what I love about you. We had a whole discussion before about uh, you had said to me that you wanted to do a cartoon called Bobby Slayton is Dead. Oh, my girlfriend came up with that idea. Yeah. The dead Bobby Slayton, because since I was dead, I forgot what her whole idea was. It was your dead corpse zombie yeah, Bobby Slayton. Yeah, I could Slayton say whatever I wanted to say because I was dead, but then I just never pursued it. Okay. It, it would be kind of funny, I guess. So let me ask you this question. We've discussed where you got the nickname Pitbull of Comedy from. We know that that was given to you because you just would be very aggressive with an audience. Now what happened was I was on the radio and uh, my friend Alex Bennett, who's a big major major radio personality in New York and then San Francisco, had me on a show. And that whole symbiotic relationship with comedy and um, um, and radio kind of started with Alex and me. I mean, it would have happened anyway. I mean, Weez does it. Everybody has comics on in the morning. But Alex started it and would have comics on every week. And I brought Robin Williams in and Dana Carvey and Kevin Pollack and all these comics. And one day I did, I think, a McDonald's joke back in the 80s or 70s, and, and uh, I guess I lost, and it was an innocuous joke, whatever it was. It wasn't part of my act. I just did a joke about McDonald's, and one of the account executives came in and said, you just lost us a $50,000 account. Uh, McDonald's pulled all their advertising. And Alex said- you were said, like, okay, boomer. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> right. uh, Alex said, you're, you're like a uh, pit bull. You bite the hand that feeds you, is where it came from. Because in the 70s, you know, pit bulls were attacking the mailman, they were eating the children, and you know, they were yeah. biting the hands of people. And so, and I lost some account. He goes, you know, we put you on the show to publicize your gig and you bite the other features of the pit bull of comedy kind of stuck. And every time somebody calls me that or puts in the advertising, I'm, I got to get rid of that. I'm too old for this. It's stupid already. I don't think it's stupid. 
don't well, think I'll so keep either. it. Okay, keep it. So listen, I want you to keep it for at least five more minutes before we let you leave. Okay. Because I'd like to do something fun with you. Because this is the third time you've been here. Oh boy. And you could yell and yell about do whatever I look like you want. I don't to. want to have any fun right now. Come on, have fun with me. I want to take a little test? Will you take a test with me? Oh, it's a personality test. test we found online. Okay, sure. Whatever You're going to like want. it. It's by a company called Magic Quiz. You're going to enjoy this. Okay. And then do, a, you, do, 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 do you give me the uh, afterwards, you tell me if, you know, you give yeah. me. Um, basically, the, basically, this is a very simple quiz. What type of dog would you be? I just want to find out if you would naturally if be, you're be actually a pit bull. A pit bull. No, I think I'd be a, uh, a midpin because I had a midpin because they're small and they have no attention span and they yap a lot. They're really smart and really cute. Okay. Well, let's do this quiz real fast. Ten questions. Do I have to answer quickly? No. Do you take your time? Answer them however you want to. I want to get to the bottom of this. Number one, you're out with friends and a stranger approaches to say hello. How do you greet them? A, with a big hug. It's nice to meet new people. B, tell them to go away and then huddle with your crew. C, with lots of questions, keep your guard up until you trust them, or stay friendly but not overbearing. You're cool meeting other people. Yeah, look, it would be the last one. Okay, stay you friendly. Know, if I had to pick one. Okay. I mean, people sometimes come up and say I'm a fan or, or you know, I don't really get a lot of people approaching me because I don't look like I like people, which is good. And it you know is a I, good you know thing. I, you know what I do a lot of times? People tell me I look friendly. I think so. When I go to restaurants, you know what I do very often? I did what Charles Manson did. I put a swastika on my forehead. And then people look at me, <laughs> even though I'm Jewish. You don't have to know that. And I, I, they, they, they walk over. And sometimes I put a little cold black eyeshadow. Right. So it looks like I haven't slept in days. I look like deranged. Uh -huh. So when people walk over to me, yeah, I'm not talking to that guy. No, I, I, if I had to pick one, I'd pick the last okay. one. I'm very nice to people. Thank you. Some of my people don't leave, though, you know? Yeah, I've been with famous people. People actually come over. They they stand there. They've actually sat down at the table. Somebody told me one time that well, who said this? It's uh, they they were in a bathroom at the airport or something. Steve Martin was there. They asked for an autograph for a picture, and he was an asshole. Well, the guy's trying to take a leak, yeah, he's in right? The and you want to take a picture or ask for an autograph and talk to him when you you know you know, and that's how people famously, are just overbearing though, sometimes. Yeah, famously, yeah. Steve Martin doesn't sign autographs. Doesn't he give you a business card that he has? I think that's, I think so. It says, you've met Steve Martin. Right, Congratulations. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it says, he gives them to everybody. All right, second question. You're in a bad mood. Always. What's got you down? Is it boredom? You constantly have to be busy? Creepy, intimidating strangers? Or your friends being too busy to have fun with you? Or loved ones having problems that you can't solve? What's got you down? It doesn't say anything about being on your show early in the morning answering stupid questions. Why don't you have that? Dogs. <laughs> wait, I, I can't say. Wait, wait, go, go through that one again. Boredom. I constantly have to be busy. Creepy, intimidating strangers. My friends being too busy for fun. Or loved ones having problems I can't solve. You know, I, maybe the last one. Okay. I was going to go with creepy, intimidating strangers because that is like doing this show. Well, I don't really see a lot of creepy, intimidating. Everybody, see, to me, everybody, even friends, are creepy and intimidating. Real easy one. 50-50 shot. Uh, choose your natural habitat. City or country? City. City. Bobby's a city guy. All right. I love the country. In small doses. Some yeah. of us about it. are yeah. born for our roles. What is your dream career? Police? bringing justice to the world, military, defending the homeland, political activists, graphic designer, lifeguard, or firefighter, if you had to pick one of those. What is it like? It's like one of the village people. Yeah. 
<laughs> it is the village people. It's like the village people's quit. I don't uh, want to be. Wait, see, you know why this test is stupid? I don't want to be any of these things. Right. But if I had to be one, yeah, it would be a graphic designer, I guess, because I, I I do a lot of artwork. I right. guess that's good. That's a good answer. Uh, which activity sounds more like fun to you? Although, wait a second. Since I'm a comic and making people laugh, I'm kind of saving the world, but I'm tired of that. So, so probably graphic designer. Okay, we'll go graphic designer. Uh, which of these sounds the most fun to you? Frisbee, skiing, swimming, or CrossFit? Which one of those is the most fun for me? Mm -hmm. Swimming. Okay. Easy. You better be a good, you better have a good, you know, when we're finished. You're going to analyze. So. Dear Christ, do I hope so. Uh, your main goal in life is to, A, have a strong career, have a loving family, have a fulfilling and fun time on earth, or having a chic sense of style. Chic sense of style. Well, I already have the chic sense of style. Absolutely. I already have a, what, what was the first one? Uh, strong career. Well, that's never going to happen. I've right. given that up, so I don't care about that anymore. Loving family. What? Loving family. I hate my fucking family. I don't want that. Fulfilling and fun time on earth. A fulfilling and fun time on earth. That sounds like I want to be a Scientologist. <laughs> <laughs> we do have some pamphlets around here. Yeah, somewhere, have some pamphlets. Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody has some fun. We have some fulfilling and fun time here. on earth. Well, what's your main goal? Well, which one of those things do you think your goal would be? Fun and fulfilling time on earth. Boom. No way. After this, do you take the answers and do anything with them? Yeah. Do you I'm send gonna, them into them so they can have We're going to we're gonna give you the answer. You it's going to tell you what type gonna, of dog you are based gonna, on your personality. Oh, you know, you can do Oh, I think yeah. you asked me. Yeah. Oh, we can do it. Oh, it's not like a send away quiz, Bobby. It's like. This is dumbest quiz <laughs> it's ever. It's 2019. Yeah. Are you sure? This is worse than the SATs. I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> well, there is a train leaves Chicago, a train leaves New York question coming up. Here's one that'll that'll right up your alley. Yeah. It's a relaxing day at the pool and you're catching some sun. I do that every day at home. I know you, you know, do. You like my, I love that. All of a sudden, a child falls into the water. A child? A child falls into the water and the child can't swim. What do you do? Say, do where you... the fuck did this child come from? <laughs> Wait, it depends. Is it my child or somebody else's? Well, Is it my problem? <laughs> it's your it's pool, your pool. <laughs> so it's your problem legally do you, it's probably your problem do you yell really loudly until something happens uh do you jump in and save them of course i or... jump in and save the kid that's okay okay you jump in and save the i kid. don't need to know anymore okay i had to do that one time you're not a monster you're not a monster well i am a monster but monsters are good sometimes right uh it's time for dinner what do you order salad with chicken salmon burger and fries or beef stew I order them all, but salmon would be number one. I'm with you on that one all day but long. But I love beef stew, and I love burgers and fries. Obviously, not as much as you. Solid point. <laughs> number nine, after a busy week, you look forward to a long weekend. How do you take the edge off? Spa day? Massage? Mani-pedi? Do you remain productive at the gym or catch, catch up on work? Do you go shopping or watch a movie, or do you stay at home and order delivery? See, these are dumb questions. I know. Because I stay at home and do all this stuff. Somebody comes over, my girlfriend and I, we get a guy coming over for a massage. Do you give each other many patties? Do you give each other many patties? I go with my girlfriend once in a while. She goes to go and get mad. I go, I don't want a Manny and Petty. But we go for breakfast on Sunday. There's a Manny and Petty place next door. She goes, come on, I'm buying. I go, you know, so once in a while I do it. But I'm not going to paint my nails again. <laughs> no, once in a while. No, but basically, stay home and order it. Okay. I, I think I probably could have guessed that one on you. Or I cook. So I, I do a combination. Same thing. Mainly staying at home. You can do both now. Yeah, you can. Yeah, order in your pre-made stuff. Is this almost over? Yeah. God. I'm going to let you walk out of here as soon as we have the results. You could just walk out. You don't even have to well, say How many more questions do we have? The party doesn't start <laughs> until you walk in. 
and you've just arrived. How do people react to your presence? The party doesn't start till you show up. I never go to parties. Everyone shapes up and behaves when they see you? No. Happily and warmly. Even strangers tend to want to talk to me. No. Not much differently. My conversations are more memorable than my entrance. No. None of the, can I say none of the... Why is it sure. none of the above? Okay. I'm going happily and warmly. Just because I'm answering for that's, you. That's how we greet you when yeah. you come in. This isn't a party. You're telling me. Great things are achieved through tremendous willpower. Are you good at sticking to your goals? No. No. Do you like to indulge too much? Too yes. Much? Okay. Got it. Number 12. The average person yeah, needs yeah, okay. at least eight hugs a day. How do you feel about hugs? Wait, wait, go back. What was the question? The average person needs at least eight hugs a oh, day. Who are these what, what kind of fucking person needs eight hugs a day? What kind of person? Boomers? Who bo- boomers? Boomers? Boomers. Yeah. A bunch of millennials need their hugs. Dykes and faggots and retards. <laughs> Okay, how do you feel Chicks, about hugs? Niggas, you can't get Jews. enough. <laughs> Are you a... what? Okay, sorry, go ahead. What? How do you feel about <laughs> hugs? A, I can't get enough. I'm affectionate. Only in certain situations or special people, no. or I need personal space. It's a personal space. Okay. Brian, if you touch Mr. Slayton. No, I'll hug. Somebody give me a hug. Uh, you know? Last question. How would you rate this I, quiz? I, I, I'm know, going I, I, not great. It's just, it's just bringing back memories from when my wife died and everybody's hugging me. And I go, God, get off of me. It's not, it's not, it wasn't my dog. Here come the results, Bobby Slayton. Here come the results. How do you get the... Hold you on. Just... I'll pop them up for you as soon as they're done. I'll tell you. It calculates. How do you yep. calculate? This is a carefully oh, calibrated... Oh, because oh, 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 you got the numbers. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, would you please show me the screen? It turns out you are the Papillon of comedy. That's the gayest dog I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. I'm a Papillon? You're the Papillon. Uh, Wait, yes. well, tell me some traits about this dog. Uh... Oh, wait. Lighthearted what are those and carefree. Giant ears? If I had ears that big, I could hear. I, I'm, I'm deaf. Lighthearted and carefree. Your name literally means butterfly. Really? You love to spend time with friends and family, but are quite wary of meeting new people. But you're so small, the whole world can seem scary. This is a stupid. <laughs> because you come across as youthful and whimsical, it can be hard for others to take you seriously. Although neither your bite nor bark are formidable. You sure have got a lot of fire. The internet could tell you were small. Wow. The Papillon of Comedy. I'm 5'9". Small, I don't mind. (laughs) This weekend, five more shows with the Papillon of Comedy. Bobby Slayton. (laughs) Wow. Comedy at the Carlson. How come it says text your questions? Because people can text questions in. Has anybody texted? Not a one. Good. Nobody nobody has questions because they're afraid afraid you're going to yell at them. Do you know why nobody has questions? Because nobody's watching. That's not true. Oh, really? Not true at all. Well, I'm not we've had a couple hundred views already. Really? Yeah. Uh, you have that many imaginary friends? Yeah. And listeners? Well, yeah. Cool. So many imaginary friends. Most of our audience were huge in the imaginary demographics. It's cool. Really, it's pretty yeah. good. Right. So uh, get your ticket to see Bobby Slate this weekend, the great pit bull of comedy. Thank you for coming and doing the show the third time. I, I hope have nothing a- better to do today. What else? I, now I'm going to go next door and film a TV commercial. For whom? For uh, not to tell people not to text and drive. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I got to do some jokes on the, sh- uh, you know, we do a couple of jokes about, you know, being a stand-up comic. And, hey, why why the chicken cross the road? He Just did. He died. Flat as a pancake. Got run over by a guy texting and driving. Yeah. Look, people, it's okay to eat chickens. You can't run them over. Hey, that's a great joke, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so I'm going to do a whole big thirty-second thing about texting and driving. Hmm. Do you need an opener? That would be a great idea. Yeah, I'll come open. You do a drunk driving uh, a, a PSA, and then I'll do a texting and driving. Hi, I'm Vinny Paulino. 
I am very drunk right now, and I will not be driving. <laughs> Either should you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go do that. For, All right. Pretty much for no money. I'm doing it because to help out. People to, to volunteer my time. I think that's wonderful. Good for you. They said they said to me, they go, Bobby, you have time maybe like an hour to do a, a, a PSA for us when you come up to play the club. I go, I get time to do the dumb Vinny show. Why would I have time for you for something important? <laughs> that's <laughs> the new name of the show. How, how the dumb Vinny show. How's that dog bark? I have a little bark like that? Yeah. Yeah. What's that dog called again? A papillon. A papillon. It kind of looked like a mid-pin. I had a mid-pin. I love my little mid-pin. So it was close. There it is right there. Look at that little fella. Get a real close-up on that little face. Now back to Bobby. Very cute. Back to Bobby. Yeah. I see it. I see it a little bit. Thank you. All right. We're going to be back with the news with Ross Johnson. Make sure you come see Bobby Slayton this weekend. Tickets are available now. Visit carlsoncomedy.com or 585-4-COMEDY. Call and get them. Uh, we'll you. be right back. Thank you for being awesome and watching another episode of the Carlson Cast. Don't forget we're streaming live on Facebook and YouTube every Friday morning. You could also follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at CarlsonCast. You can listen anytime on iTunes, Google Play, and we're now available on Spotify. You should also check out an amazing app called Laughable. And on the Laughable app, you can connect to your favorite comedians in a way you never thought you could before. Download it in the App Store and visit carlsoncast.com for information on more shows. And don't be a jerk. Rate and review. Oh, here we are again. Time for your favorite segment and not mine. It is the news with Ross Johnson. Take it away, Rosser. Why isn't it your favorite segment, though? I like the parts where I talk. Fair enough. So I was out last week, and of course I missed my favorites. As a result, I missed some big news, including my favorite segment of the show, which is Now Who Died. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so of course, uh, g- genuinely sad about this one. Uh, so John Witherspoon died uh, last week. Ross. I know. Ross. I'm getting. Ross. Ross. Yes. Do you watch the show? I know you talked about it, but there's more. There, I oh. mean, there's not really an update. Oh, is there? Because he's still dead. Is there now? But, yeah, so... Update. He's you, alive! You had no clue that we talked about it last time. No, week. I did. I didn't... I figured you did. I didn't watch it. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. So I'm just going to be real honest I'm going to be real honest with you. We may have covered every tiny bit there is to say about I it. I don't have to listen to it because I know exactly what you were going to say. Oh, tell me more. Oh, yeah. yeah. This past Tuesday... He's just going to go through... He's just going to plow through it. <laughs> Okay, He's did you did you talk going. so last Friday you talked about what was going to happen several days later on Tuesday? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Cuz I can just skip this if you want. Why don't you go ahead, Ross? On Tuesday was John Witherspoon's uh celebration of life, his open casket uh memorial service uh with guests including David Letterman, Ice Cube, Cedric the Entertainer, George Wallace, Angela Gibbs, Bill Bellamy, etc. Um of course lots of lots and lots of Regina, Regina King uh, uh announced a message so uh lots of he had a lot of connections so what in you're Hollywood saying is in the comedy community. The story is people went to his funeral. People went to his funeral, but it was a big, it was a big deal. Yes, yes, it was a big deal. It was a big deal. If was he, he interned in state? <laughs> um, he, it if, was open casket, so if people came to my funeral, that would be a story. But it's not a story that people went to. John You'd be, you, it'd be a story, story if you even had a funeral, yeah. because <laughs> if fair. I'm Lori, I'm just taking you to the landfill, wrapping yeah, you in a wants carpet. To spend that money, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, you have to get lose a carpet, but no at least wants, you know she's not going to spend the three hundred bucks to have you cremated. I mean, that's <laughs> is it that cheap? I mean, if I, I guess it depends where you get it done. Take him to a vet, maybe. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is my cat. <laughs> no, you it's just got to chop them up into cats. My very pieces. large cats. Yeah, I have five cats. <laughs> they are... <laughs> they're, trust t- me, they're all in these bags. If I can get a group discount, that'd I be feel great. the vet just looks like goes. I feel like there should be more hair. There <laughs> yeah. should be more hair here. <laughs> not a problem for me. All right, let's move on, since yeah. apparently that story was not one that anyone was interested in. Uh, Seth Meyers has a new comedy special coming up on uh, Netflix, so this is interesting, and I don't know how I feel about this. I do know how I feel about this. Um, he's got a special called Lobby Baby. It's debuting uh, next week on Netflix. So he worked with Netflix to create a feature in the... You know how in Netflix they have like the, the skip... You know, skip, skip, intro. skip intro or whatever. So yes. they've done a thing where you can skip all of his jokes about President Trump. I, I so, my, my opinion on this has evolved. Okay. I initially thought, oh, cool idea. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, no, not a good idea. That's a slippery slope. Well, here's the thing. My initial gut reaction to this was, Who's watching a Seth Meyers comedy special that doesn't want the Trump jokes? Number one. That's number one. Because yeah. Seth Meyers, that's all he does is yeah. political jokes. That's his whole show. Yeah. So, like, if you thought you were going to tune in and hear him talk about the kids and the whatever, <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking. And I don't know what the percentage of, you know, the thing's not out yet. So, I don't know what the – like, if you skip the Trump jokes, does it just, like, go right to the closing credits? I don't know. Like, I don't that know would the, be funny. That would be funny. If it was just, like, a trolling joke. <laughs> See, that would be good. It Maybe it is. I mean – you know? Well, my opinion on this is very simple. If you leave it up to the people to decide, I'm fine with that. I've decided I'm fine with that. If you in your own house decide you want to watch this guy because you mm-hmm. think he's talented, but you're just sick of hearing Trump jokes, and that could be it too. It, it, maybe it's not, I'm offended by Trump jokes. Maybe it's just, I'm really tired of Trump jokes and yeah. I'd rather just watch stand up. So I get it. It's a weird slippery slope. It's a very weird slippery slope yeah. because. I have a feeling what this is gearing up for is to set up Netflix to be able to have like trigger warnings. Yeah. yeah. Is where I think this is heading. Where like if there's a say a rape scene in a Netflix television show, hey, if these things trigger you, you can hit this button and fast forward through it. That I don't think is a terrible idea, but that's where it's heading. Yeah, yeah. That's what the technology is going to be used for. I'm ninety eight percent sure. But I just, I just see somebody overdoing it, and it's going to be every little thing that's going to have a skip button. Well, and I think, I, I guess the worrisome part too is it's going to get to a point where it's almost going to be required. You know, that's what I would worry about. Like, oh, you know, you've got your stand up special. Okay, so we're going to do Netflix is going to decide what the things are that people can skip. You know, and that's that's especially on the one hand, like Vinny said. I guess it's okay if people want that choice to do that and consume it that way. I mean, I guess that's giving people a choice that they might want. On the other hand, it's sort of, I don't know, it sort of is going to destroy the integrity of a whole lot of stuff. If Well, exactly. I'm not going to argue with people's choice. If right. people don't want to watch something, I mean, hell, treat it like this podcast. Just don't listen. Right. We know that's what you're doing. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where if you leave too much up to the people, art gets watered down. Absolutely. On the on the upshot, though, could it make it so that Netflix is willing to take more risky content? I don't think so. Because they can just put the skip button in? 
maybe will they allow comics to say more than they used to? Because they were like, oh, we're just going to put the skip button in on it. Like the mute button on a, so, or the bleep button on a network TV. I mean, I'm going to say that Netflix has some pretty heavy stuff on there already. Yeah. They have some pretty heavy things. I don't think that that really changes their approach to what they allow on their platform. Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying, but I think that it's more of, in my opinion, I think this whole thing is set up to kind of cater to this new generation that gets upset yeah. about everything. That's what it is. It's not to let you put more in. It's to <laughs> calm yeah, yeah. people down. Well, and in fairness, you say new generation. I mean, it's it's not new that people are, you know, it's not it's not just young people who are, I don't know that there are a bunch of 20-year-olds who are like, I don't want to hear Trump jokes. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the 60-year-olds. It, it might be like, for the 60-year-olds. Okay, you know. you know what, Ross? You made a good point. Thank you. You made a great point. Me, my generation, the new Pepsi generation, sure. we, we're we fine with it, whatever you want to do. I don't know. I've seen your I've seen I've seen your generation's uh, Facebook posts. <laughs> I think that's funny. <laughs> my only point is, I think I think all generations have their stuff, <laughs> and yeah. it's not necessarily. <laughs> I think I think uh, I think the kids get a lot of uh, a lot of flack, but I think I think old people and middle aged people can get pretty offended by a lot of stupid stuff too. Well, Seth Meyers, you've ruined the world. Yep, and um, you should destroyed be ashamed. Mm -hmm. You destroyed art and comedy. Yeah. Yeah, why don't you just go to a museum and just start ripping paintings yeah. off the wall and peeing on them? Although I will, <laughs> I will, I will. The, the urination's a bit extreme, I think. Well, you gotta I will go, you send, gotta go. I will send Seth Meyers a personal apology if it's just if it just skips right to the end. Uh, It'd <laughs> be hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We agree. We're agree. Okay. Uh, so we talked a lot about that. Uh, quick last story, but a nice story. Uh, every every year for the last twelve years, the uh, Bob Woodruff Foundation. He's the guy who uh, he's the news correspondent who was injured in Iraq. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so he's got a uh, he's got a charity that raises money for uh, post nine eleven uh, uh, wounded veterans. So every year they do this stand up for heroes with uh, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, almost always headlines, uh, but they had a they have a bunch of comedians. What does he well. do about forty five minutes? <laughs> 45 minutes about, hey everybody anybody here ever been to jersey <laughs> about three hours and 45 minutes if it's bruce yeah i just yeah. it was a joke was that he was doing yeah, stand up yeah, and you it. ruined yeah. it yeah he does so he does and i didn't bring any of the jokes they actually wrote some of them out but he does you're kidding he does jokes he does like what? pre he does like dirty jokes like that's his thing like and they're they're sort of like um my wife Wendy won't let me fly anywhere near her Badlands. <laughs> <laughs> what other dirty three? No, is it, there's mean, a darkness on the edge of that town, baby. They're like the dirty jokes you'd get in like a like a like a book you'd keep by the toilet, that kind of thing. Like, but he yeah, sort, yeah. he sort of reads them out, so it's not he's not you know he's not doing stand up. They're like jokes you know you tell in the schoolyard. Yeah, I would laugh so hard if he like does a song. He's like, <laughs> that was hungry heart. And he just pulls a card out of his back pocket and puts on glasses. <laughs> knock, knock. I, I think that's basically what it is. Um, but they – so Ronnie Chung was there, uh, Hassan Minaj, John Oliver, uh, John Stewart was there, lots of people, and then a lot, a lot of musicians too. They raised uh, $5.7 million just this year. Uh, I guess they've raised uh, about almost $60 million in previous years uh, over time. So it's good. That's, yeah, that's amazing. That's a good haul. Nice. Like that's a good, uh, you know. Good job, Bruce Springsteen and Cheryl Crow and Oh, she's there too? Yeah, they did a duet. No, I'm out. You don't like Cheryl Crow? No, I'm kidding. No, oh like my Cheryl god, Crow. that's what's wrong with I you? Love Cheryl Crow. And I'm way like, to, I'm way to ruin the end of the show, Brian. <laughs> you're, a real, you're a real now piece Cheryl of garbage. Crow is gonna be yep. mad at me. Bobby Slayton's right. You suck, Brian. Yep. Uh we will be back next week, hopefully. God willing the creek don't rise. 
Uh, so make sure you uh, tell a friend, subscribe, leave a review. We appreciate you so much for tuning in and listening. You mean the world to us. You do. You're very special. You, except you, Doug. That's right, Doug. Act right. We'll see you next week. We'll